We're recording. We're recording. <laughs> We're recording a podcast. <laughs> there it is. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Oddities. I'm Cassie. I'm Anna. And welcome back to Strange Town, and welcome back, former and current residents of Strange Town. <laughs> Nailed it. I did it better last time. I don't remember what I said. Um, as per usual, all of our shit is in the description box. <laughs> Click it. <laughs> but I'd like to draw special attention to our merch store if you want to represent us. We've got some cool stuff there. And also our Patreon if you would like to donate to our show and you are able to, please consider doing so. You can do so for as low as $1 per month. That's right. And bonus. Bonus content. You get bonus content every week. That's right. Because one time of us is just not enough. Yeah, and we're also on video in case you were ever wondering what we look like. <laughs> <Our>, uh, yep. <laughs> Couple of faces carved by angels. That's what that is. That's right. That's it. How are we this fine morning? Um, we're all right. I just now was wondering if my microphone's backwards. Oh, good. So we're off to a, a rip-roaring start here. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Okay. And there we are. We're doing it. Uh, I'm we're fine. Uh, they put all the Twilight movies on Netflix, so... I know. Thank that's God. That's what I was watching yesterday, and l I got some thoughts about Twilight as an adult. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, like, all I watched during quarantine. Yeah, but I feel like when I... I did the same thing, but I feel like when I rewatched them during quarantine, like, I wasn't absorbing them. I was just like, this is content that I don't care about, but I want to watch something to feel something. <laughs> feel anything at all <laughs> so i was just like Twilight. but now that i'm like watching it i feel like all of a sudden i was like hello what's going on Boy, in twilight i'll tell you edward's a real twat and bella sucks jacob sucks actually there's not a single character in that movie that doesn't suck although i like the dad okay i love the dad but here's my question there's a character that gets introduced in new moon she's played by your favorite dakota fanning Ah, uh, fucking Christ. Who, I also don't like her. But her power is she looks at people and can make them feel pain. Yeah, and she says it in the most stupid, monotone way. She's like, pain. Yeah. I, Shut up, Dakota. They Go, were, you suck. They were going for, like, a child thing, and it just didn't work at all. No, she just looked bored. Well, that's, like, part of her thing, though, too, I feel like. She's just, her character's a real bitch. But, okay, if that was my power... I wouldn't answer to anyone. No. She answers to people. Like, why does she serve that hierarchy? Also, for a movie <laughs> for a movie and a concept that the vampires are, I mean, they're basically gods, right? If we're going to slice yeah. it this way. Like, they, they don't, they're, they have no weakness. They can take over the world at any time. They're just choosing not to, question mark, which doesn't yeah, make no. any sense, but okay. Because, like, their only weakness is to get, like, their heads ripped off. And only another vampire which, can do it. Which also is, like, big praying mantis energy. Yeah, I'm just is. saying. <laughs> but it, it just feels like they're so worried about their souls. And I'm like, why would they be worried about... Like, the, the Christian overtones of that 
franchise well, she's, are ridiculous. Uh, what is the author? Is I think she she's a, a Mormon. Latter-day Saints? Oh, okay. Mormon? Yeah. She's something. But I just feel like yeah. it's such a bizarre... Like, what person who has lived a hundred years believes in marriage? <laughs> Riddle me this. Why? Why did those... She sucks at writing. Why did those books ever become popular? I have no idea. And then that... Well, the, my favorite, my other favorite thing is the direct cause and effect. We got Twilight, and then we got Fifty Shades. What's going on, gang? Yeah. What What's are we happening? doing here? Yeah. But that's well, so that, I find myself asking that question a lot. Yeah, honestly, same. But I just that was what I was watching all day yesterday because they're on, and I my mom walked in. She's she's like, "What is this?" I was like, "Twilight." She was like, "Aren't these movies awful?" I was like, "They sure are." <laughs> You got it. It's like they're the worst <laughs> movies potentially of all time. And they're all trending on Netflix. Uh, yep. That's how that works. Yeah. But so that was me. How are you? Um, my crankiness has continued throughout the week. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah. If you guys are subscribed to the bonus episodes, we were talking about us being cranky. I also watched a whole bunch of other shit, but I talked about that in the bonus episode. Um, and I, let's see, I made an interesting discovery yesterday morning. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) apparently the key to my biking success is listening to Korean boy bands. Oh my God. Really? (laughs) Yesterday, like YouTube suggested like BTS to me, which I have no idea why. So I was like, okay. And I put it on. I went a mile further in the same amount of time than I usually do. Wow, you were moving. I know. I was like, fuck. So now we know. (laughs) Apparently, I'm a a big fan of K-pop. I don't know. Oh, shit. See, (laughs) I have never been able to get into K-pop. Dude, they have this song, Butter, and they have this song, Dynamite, and they're fucking catchy as hell. I was, like, sitting there biking this. I was like, this is going to be so fucking dumb. And then I was like, hmm, yeah, ugh. Yeah, and like, yeah, before I know it, I, I was an additional mile farther than usual, so. And I, yeah. I mean, it has to be something, because they're like a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, I can't say like I'm a fan of them, but like the song was, like it was catchy. I, I don't know, yeah. there's a good beat to it, and you know, it was like 5 a.m., and I was fucking hauling ass. So yesterday was a long day. You know, I got up at 5, I biked like I usually do. Then I took two exams, then oh. I started my full work day. Nope. Then we, we had some family time at night, so it was just a very long day. That is a long day. And today's going to be long, too, because we are recording, and I have some homework, then it's grocery day, and then we have uh, something tonight. So, yeah. Busy, busy. She's a busy, she's a very busy girl. <laughs> that's, that's my remix. So, anyway, aside from that, all good. I, I have to take a midterm tomorrow, so everybody, fingers crossed. Well, by this time... It comes By out. this time it's done. Yeah. And I've crushed it. Right. So right, yeah. Right. right. So that's it. That's what I got. Oh. I know. Um I don't remember who kicked it off last week, do you? No. Wow. <laughs> We're All right. good at our jobs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, if we had more donations and shit and we could do this full time, I'd be better at it. <clears throat> oh, anyway. Wait, oh, but real quick. Just real quick, I gotta go back to Twilight. Speaking of people that are not good at their jobs, the oh, Cullens okay. are their only job is to hide and not be suspicious, and they're the most suspicious people on the planet. 
Yeah. Yeah. Edward says to her in the first fucking movie, when after she say she gets saved by the van, he says yeah. to her, Oh, well, oh, you imagined it. And she's like, No, I didn't. And then he's like, No one's gonna believe you. That's the most suspicious thing you could have ever said. I know. I don't know who who told these people that they were like any good at this shit. They're so because, bad at hiding. And you would think and you would think that after like a million years of this shit, they'd be like, you know, top notch at it. But apparently nobody learns anything. They're so bad. The father like makes himself like the head in the hospital. Like, what are you doing? Don't you guys have to move constantly? Because for some reason you put a bunch of adults in high school again and again and again, which no one understands. Yeah. And they're all dating each other. Which so. is weird. And Which is th- weird in and of itself. And why would you make yourself, like, visible? Like, just be invisible. Why are you guys so bad at this? <laughs> why are you going to school? Like, why? I don't right. know. Right. Why did you send them to school? say you're homeschooled or something. Yeah. When they can That's be dumb. seen all the time. You guys are, this is so stupid. So stupid. Anyway, sorry. Everybody hurts. <laughs> That's okay. So, let's do it, man. <laughs> What do we got today? I could I could start if you want. It doesn't matter to me. All right, I'm gonna take it away. Yep. This topic is brought to you by my father. Huzzah! Thanks, Dad. So he recommended I look into the. Sorry, we were cleaning before this, and like all the dust, and now I'm like really runny. My nose is really runny. But anyway, nobody needed to know. <laughs> I'm covering the SS Eastland. Which, uh, you could probably gather from the name, is a ship. Why do they call ships SS? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> See, I was just wondering, because like, sometimes I'll ask a question and people will be like, that's a common knowledge. I'm like, oh, my bad. But I was just wondering if that was a common knowledge thing. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it's a passenger, or rather it was a passenger. Pa- <laughs> Passengers. Passenger, a passenger ship based in Chicago, and it was used for tours. Uh, and then in 1915, the ship rolled over onto its side while tied to a dock. That's terrifying. That's it. Just like bloop. It so just gave up. A total of 844 passengers and crew were killed. Jesus Christ! It is considered the largest loss of life from a single shipwreck on the Great Lakes. Isn't that horrendous? What the hell happened? Why did it just flop over? Well, she has a history. Oh. Of, not of flopping, per se, but she has a history. So, oh. early issues, right? Uh, let's see. July 27th, uh, this was 1903. It was her inaugural season. And the ship struck the laid-up tugboat George W. Gardner and, just, and sank the tugboat. Oh, bye. <laughs> but, but, but the SS Eastland itself only received minor damage. Then there was a mutiny. Okay. Love August mutiny. 14th, 1903. There was, it, it was like on a cruise from Chicago to South Haven, Michigan. Uh, six of the ship's firemen refused to stoke the fire for the ship's boiler. They claimed that they had not received their potatoes for a meal. I, too, would stop doing my job if I didn't receive my promised potatoes. A thousand percent. The question is, is what kind of potato? Do you have like a, like, I love, like, potatoes au gratin. Mashed potatoes are great. We're having a mashed potato bar at the at the wedding. I love mashed potatoes, but always French fries. Oh f- yeah, like sometimes it, like it doesn't occur to me that French fries are potatoes. Isn't yeah, that's stupid. But you know what I mean. Anyway, anyway, these guys didn't get their potatoes, and they were hashtag pissed. 
So they refused to return potato to their, pissed. their Yeah, they were potato pissed to their fire hole and then like the captain ordered the six men arrested at gunpoint. It was like this escalated so fucking quickly. Yeah, that's a little and then, dramatic. They didn't get their fucking food, man. And then these two dudes, George Lippin and Benjamin Myers, stoked the fires until the ship reached harbor. So they were the only two that weren't in that group of six. And they just, like, took – they were like, fine, we'll do everything. It's fine. We don't give a shit about our potatoes. Oh, God. So they just, like, carried the team in a big way. And then um, when the ship arrived in South Haven, the six, the six dudes who were part of the mutiny, they were taken to town jail and charged with mutiny. And then um, the captain was replaced after that. I guess they were like, wow, you can't do your job. So then – then they decided to modify her speed, right? So because the ship did not meet a targeted speed of 22 miles per hour during her inaugural season and had a draft too deep for the Black River in South Haven, Michigan, where she was being loaded, uh, the ship returned in September 1903 to Port, Point, to Port. Port Huron for modifications, including the addition of an air conditioning system, thank God, and machinery adjustments to reduce draft. Uh, and even though the modifications increased her speed... They added additional weight and reduced her draft, thereby reducing the metacentric height, which I don't know what that is, in inherent stability as originally designed. Then there were some other incidents, okay? Okay. So she's heading back to South Haven again in 1904, and the ship wins a race against... Oh, good thing they modified the speed. (laughs) Too fast, too furious, SS Eastland edition. So in the meantime... um, the Eastland was experiencing periodic problems with her stability while loading and unloading. So, like, they knew that this was a situation, this, like, wobbly business that was going on, right? It's probably because they modified her speed. Probably. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So the boat nearly capsizes in July of 1904 after leaving South Haven with, like, 3,000 passengers. And subsequently, then the capacity was lowered to 2,800. Cabins were removed, lifeboats were added, <laughs> and the hull was repaired. And then in 1906, another incident occurred, uh, which resulted in the filling, or I'm sorry, the filing of complaints against the so- Chicago South Haven Line, which had purchased the ship earlier that year. Um, and then it was sold. The boat was sold to the Lakeshore Navigation Company, uh, was moved to Lake Erie. How do you move something like this? I don't know. That was absolutely going to be my next question. How, yeah, like, how does what that are you happen? Doing? Are you putting how it on did, a, like, oh, like a flatbed? Like, what are you doing? Did they have flatbeds in 1907? I don't no, know how they, they did this. they definitely did not. So, like, how did we... I don't know. But anyway, then in 1909, it sold again oh. to the Eastland Navigation Company and continues running excursions between Cleveland and Cedar Point. Ah. I gotta say, those are not necessarily two hot spots, but... But go off. May, I mean, maybe they are, but whatever. Anyway... Um, after the 1909 season, the remaining 39 cabins were removed, and prior to the 1912 season, the top smokestack sections were removed to shorten her stack height. Same. Same. On July 1st, 1912, another incident occurred when the Eastland had a severe listing of approximately 25 degrees while loading passengers. So again, we got this wobbly shit going on. Wobble dee wobble dee wobble <laughs> wobble. Okay, so here comes stack, the true disaster. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're always on my page. So here comes the disaster. Disaster! So then... Wait, I need some kombucha for this. Hold on. <laughs> oh, boy. We're locked and loaded. Balance my gut health. Here we go. So, uh, July 24th, 1915. Here we are. 
Here we are. This is like not far from Titanic issues, is it not? Wasn't that this around? The, it was like 19, 19 teens, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I splashed some on my glasses. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Just violently East- drinking kombucha. <laughs> Jesus. The Eastland and four other Great Lakes passenger steamers, the Theodore Roosevelt, Petoskey, Racine, and Rochester. Who the fuck names these things? I don't know. Who named? Who? Anyway. They were chartered to take employees from Western Electric Company's Hawthorne Works in Cicero, Illinois, to a picnic in Michigan City, Indiana. Oh, that's nice. Oh, and this was like a major event in the lives of the workers, right? Many of whom couldn't take holidays. Like, so they were like, fuck, yeah, we're like lit for this picnic. I wonder if it was going to be a wiener roast. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that many should have of been the, the name of the boat. <laughs> the wiener roast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So many of the passengers on the Eastland, they were Czech immigrants um, from Cicero. And then of the Czech passengers, 220 of them perished. Isn't that so Jesus. sad? I know. So during 1915, um, there was like a new Federal Seamen's Act. <laughs> LOL. And that had been passed because of the RMS Titanic disaster. That's right. Yeah, so, go. yeah, I was right. Um, anyway, the law basically required a retrofitting. Retro. <laughs> retrofitting of a complete set of lifeboats on the Eastland, as on, like, many other passenger vessels, right? Uh, but this additional weight may have made the Eastland more dangerous by making her even more top-heavy. Great. And some argued, yeah, and some argued that other Great Lakes ships would suffer the same issue, basically, that the Eastland did. Um, nonetheless, it was signed into law by Woodrow Wilson, so thanks a lot, bud. And uh, the Eastland had the option of maintaining a reduced capacity or adding lifeboats to increase capacity. And so the leadership was like, hey, let's add lifeboats and make it heavier and have more people and continue to make this shit heavier. That's good. Can you he- this doesn't have a history of wobbling. No. Can, can we hear the, the sarcasm right now in my voice? So anyway, <clears throat> basically, now the capacity is at 25, no, 2,570. So... The Eastland was already so top-heavy that she had special restrictions concerning the number of passengers that could be carried. Prior to that, during June 1914, Eastland had again changed ownership, and this was bought by the the St. Joseph and Chicago Steamship Company. Um, And they have a new shipmaster. And they, like, removed the old hardware flooring. They, (laughs) They replaced it with concrete. They added a layer of cement near the aft gangway. So basically... All in all, with all this shit that was going on, it added an additional 15 to 20 tons of weight. Oh, that's great. So good, right? So here we are, July 24th, like D-Day with this shit. The passengers begin boarding the Eastland. Okay, they're on the south bank of the Chicago River. Everybody's fucking lit because they're going to the employee picnic. Right. Or whatever. So they hop on at 6.30 a.m., too early for a picnic. By 7.10 a.m., the ship has reached her capacity of roughly a little under 2,600 passengers. The ship's packed. There's many passengers standing on the open upper decks, and the ship begins to lean slightly to the port side. And the crew attempted to stabilize the ship by admitting water into her tanks, but this didn't do anything. And so sometime during the next 15 minutes, a number of passengers rushed to the other side, and at 7.30 a.m., she she kind of, like, lurched and then just rolled over. I... I have to tell you, the extreme and intense 
fear that must have ripped through those people on the on the oh my open God. decks. Like I know, I can't even imagine. All of a sudden, you're like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit!" And there's nothing you can do. That's so I know. fucking scary. I know. So here's the deal, right? Uh, she comes to rest basically on the river bottom because it was only 20 feet deep, right? It was like only 20 feet below the surface. Oh my god! So barely, but like barely half the vessel was submerged, technically, right. but. Many other passengers had already moved below decks uh, because the morning was kind of cool and damp and they wanted to warm a little bit before the departure. And then hundreds of people were trapped inside by the water and the sudden rollover. Some were crushed by furniture, including pianos, bookcases, um, and tables. And although the ship was only 20 feet from the wharf, and in spite of the quick response by the crew of a nearby vessel who came alongside the hull to allow those stranded to, like, jump on right. a total of 844 passengers and four crew members died because of this and the bodies were taken to various temporary morgues established in the area for identification by afternoon the remaining unidentified bodies were consolidated in the armory of the second regiment and then in the aftermath the western electric company provided hundred thousand dollars to relief and recovery efforts of family members that's not enough money I mean, back then, I get that that was, like, a handsome sum of money, but, like, you have 844 people. That's not going to do it. Also, this clearly was a problem that could have been solved or mm-hmm. could have at least been, like, you know, like, Wilson signs this thing into into act, and you could have been, like, let's retire her because she's already It's not going to work. And this yeah, doesn't like, make sense. Let's design a boat that's more suited for this. Right. You know, like, because like, Woodrow Wilson's, like... Like, the principle of it makes sense. Have more fucking lifeboats on there. Like, hello. Sure. You know, like, that makes sense. But, like, you have to design ships accordingly. Like, that's... Right. Like, to me, that makes sense. This is where the the people who are looking at this boat make the decision. Because they have to be like, oh, this isn't going to work. Oh, does she have a history of tipping? Do we think this might be an additional problem? Like, this was very easily preventable. You could have just retired this boat. Big time. So here's an interesting like an interesting tidbit. One of the people who was, you know, scheduled to be on the Eastland was 20-year-old George Halas, who was an American football player who was delayed leaving for the dock and arrived after the ship had overturned. Um, his name was listed on the list of deceased in newspapers, but when fraternity brothers visited his home to send their condolences, he was revealed to be unharmed. Oh my god. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> Can you the shock. He would later go on to become coach and owner of the Chicago Bears. Get and the fuck a out of here. And, and a founding member of the National Football League. Isn't that interesting? Wow. And then his <laughs> thank um, God he was late. His friend and future Bears executive, uh, Ralph Brizolera, and his brother were on the Eastland when she capsized, but wow. they escaped through portholes. Thank God. Um, and desp- yeah, despite stories to the contrary, there's no reliable evidence that indicates that, um, like this person named Jack Benny was aboard the Eastland. And was scheduled to be on excursion, but like the, it then became like there's this whole thing about it becomes like a, a naval vessel later. I'll get to that. Anyway, the first known film footage taken of the recovery efforts was discovered and then released during the early 2015 year by a graduate student at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And then the last known survivor of the capsizing, Marion Eichholz, died on November 24th, 2014, at the age of 102. God damn. I know. And, of course, like, the media ate this shit up, right? Like, 
<clears throat> it's this whole crazy thing. There's a writer who witnessed the disaster, and this is how he describes it. Quote, um, let's see. And then movement caught my eye. I looked across the river as I watched in disoriented stupefaction, a steamer large as an ocean liner slowly turned over on its side as though it were a whale going to take a nap. I didn't believe a huge steamer had done this before my eyes. <laughs> Lashed to a dock in perfectly calm water, in excellent weather, with no explosion, no fire, nothing. I thought I had gone crazy. You know what? Me fucking too if I saw that shit. Just, I'd be like, well, look at that. Yeah, that would a thousand percent make me feel like I'd gone absolutely batshit in that moment. I think, like, I feel like I would have, like, maybe wondered if I was hallucinating. So anyway, there was an inquiry into this. There were indictments. And so anyway, a grand jury indicted the president of the, like, steamship company for manslaughter and the ship's captain and engineer for criminal carelessness and found that the disaster was caused by, quote, conditions of instability caused by any or all of overloading of passengers, mishandling of water ballast, and construction of the ship. Then there was, like, federal extradition hearings to to compel the six indicted men to come from Michigan to Illinois for trial. During the hearings, um, there was, like, a principal witness who was president of the shipbuilding company that built Eastland, testified that her first owners wanted a ship, a fast ship to transport fruit, and he designed one capable of making... Uh, 20 miles per hour and carrying 500 passengers. And then the defense counsel asked whether he had ever worried about the conversion of the ship into a passenger steamer with a capacity of 2,500 or more passengers. And then the principal witness replied, quote, I had no way of knowing the quantity of its business after it left our yards. Is it not kind of your, your business to know the business of it? Also, I, I mean, I guess on some level I understand that because he's saying like, yeah, I, yeah, I, he's like, I don't we know made what it you and guys we do with it. I yeah, to- like, I told like, you guys bought it, right? Yeah, like he told them why he made it. It's up to them to to adhere to that. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, anyway, the court refuses extradition, holding the evidence was too weak to establish basically probable cause to find the six guilty. Um, and so that's just kind of like. That's kind of how it wraps up. So then it comes. So here's the second life of the ship. They recover it, you know, after it tips and shit. And then it becomes the USS Wilmette. So My God. after after the Eastland was raised, uh, August 14th, 1915, she was sold to the Illinois Naval Reserve and recommissioned as USS Wilmette stationed at the Great Lakes Naval Base. She was converted to a gunboat renamed Wilmette uh, February 20th, 1918. And commissioned on September 20th, 1918, with Captain William B. Wells in command. And commissioned late in World War I, the Wilmette did not have any combat service. It trained sailors and experienced normal upkeep and repairs uh, until placed in ordinary at Chicago, July 9th, 1919, retaining a 10-man caretaker crew. Hmm. June 29th, 1920, my birthday. Hey. Like, minus 72 years. Uh, the gunboat was the, was returned to full commission, um, and, you know, there was a new captain in command. So, yeah, it, I mean, it was given the task of sinking UC-97, which was a German U-boat, surrendered to the United States after World War I. Um, it, it kind of had, like, an interesting career after this whole tipping situation, um, and there there were no other wobbles, as far as I know. And now there's a marker that commemorates the accident. Um it was dedicated June 4th, 1989, which to me is way too long for that to have gone up. Right. That's a very long gap. Somebody stole the marker in 2000 and a replacement marker was installed. Who the fuck would do that? 
You asshole. I know. But anyway, that's the wild history of the SS Eastland. And uh, then USS Wilmette. Oh, I'll tell you this for nothing. If I they told me what this ship's history was, I'm not getting on it. No shot. Oh my god, no. 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 Even if I was at uh in the Navy. In the Navy. <laughs> there's Exactly. There's absolute I'd be like, what happened with this ship? They'd be like, oh, this was the ship that was in this disaster in Chicago. I'd be like, uh, no, thank you. Pass. I'll get on the next one. <laughs> Later, Gators. Thanks, I'm anyway. Not, I'm not doing this. No, 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 no. It's been fun. I'll yeah. wait for the next boat. <laughs> yeah, I'll catch the next one. Yeah. <laughs> not doing this, gang. <laughs> oh, man. No, I wouldn't either. And, like, look, I wouldn't have gotten on it with just, like, the previous wobble incidents. Like, no. You know, it wouldn't have even taken, like, the full turnover for me to be like, negative. But I also don't know that it was necessarily, like, widely publicized. But even still, it's just crazy shit. And how strange, you know, like, disasters like this, you wake up and you think it's going to be, like, a normal morning. You think you're going to go off to this employee picnic and then this shit happens. Uh, oh. It also, it just, what kills me about this incident is it was entirely preventable. That's what Absolutely. kills me And I feel like in so many cases, a lot of these things of this nature are like they just are if somebody had fucking paused to say actually you know i have concerns about this like jesus so anyway thank you very much dad for the recommendation it was very interesting to research um it was interesting like really really sad also what dickhead first of all it took way too long to get the the like commemorative piece and then stole and then some ass steals it who the fuck do you think you are that you could just do this shit but shit ain't right i know tell him so that's that's it well i'm wild shit i'm gonna take us ashore oh good okay and we're going to the new amsterdam theater oh spook i think Mm -hmm. i've heard that this is is spooky scary skeletons okay oh it is spooky scary skeletons I'm in a shit. I can't wait. Okay. So here's some here's some history, which I think this is interesting. This is one of the oldest Broadway theaters, and it was opened in 1903. Shut the front door. That's a long time. That is a long time. It was built by A.L. Erlanger and Marcus Claw. Stupid. Stupid. Stupid names. names. Are in in my notes, I go. Those are fucking stupid names. Those are stupid. stupid. <laughs> They're stupid. Marcus Claw. Yeah. <laughs> what is, stupid. What is he? A, a man crab? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, he sounds like a fucking Marvel villain. Stupid. He does. Marcus Claw. <laughs> so it was once known as the House Beautiful, and it has been added to the National Register of Historic Places. We love that. We do. The first production to take the stage there was a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream in 1903, which is one of my favorite Shakespeare plays, quickly behind Macbeth. I've never actually read it. Oh, it's so funny. It was never, like, required. I'll, I'll have to, like, check that out when I'm in the mood for Willie, Willie Shakes. Yeah, you really have to be in the mood, but it is very funny. In, cool. In 1904, a rooftop space was added with 680 seats. That's fucking dope. That is. I would sit up there. That's the place to be. It is. So, from 1913 to 1927, Florence Edward Ziegfeld Jr. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> he created these things called the, the well, they were called the Ziegfeld Follies. And they took up residence in the New Amsterdam Theater. Oh, like a troupe or whatever? Yeah. 
They were okay. they featured lavish shows, some of the world's most famous entertainers, and was known for its chorus girls, known as the Zigfield girls. In my notes, I go cute with six U's. Cute. Well, as long as the shows were lavish. Ugh. So he <laughs> he opens a nightclub on the rooftop space to present oh, shows I do... that are racier than what was being shown on the main stage. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, I like the concept of the nightclub till we like hit that part, but right. yeah. And they they're called the Midnight Frolics, and then everything is <laughs> shut down during Prohibition. <laughs> they're like mm, all fun stops now. <laughs> yeah. So, and we'll we'll come back to the the our Zigfield Follies over here. But during the Great Depression in 1936, the theater closes down entirely and is reopened as a movie theater in 37. Oh, cool. And then eventually it falls into disrepair and is left unused until the evil empire, a.k.a. the Walt Disney Company, signs a 99-year lease in the early 90s. Does anybody, like, I just, like, I know we don't really necessarily care because it's Disney, but, like, does the concept of a 99-year lease stress you out? Because that's, like, a long commitment. Yes. Also, (laughs) next week, I have another... Another haunted place, and it also features a 99-year lease. Well, there's there it is. There's our theme. Wrap it up. We're done. Don't sign 99-year leases, and you won't get spookalabooks. But that I that number is too big. That's too big. That's too big of a lease. What do you mean 99 that's, years? That's like significantly more than the average lifespan. Like we can't. That's why. Why? That's why so is stressful. that? Why? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Good. Well, so I'm not the only one. It's very stressful. So now this theater is home to the Disney theatrical offices, which is actually kind of interesting currently. That is cool. That's a, that's cool to have a like a cool office space. I mean, yeah. that's neat. Yeah. So Walt Disney Company begins massive restoration in the 90s and brings it back to its original <clears throat> glory, which is dope. In 1997, the new Amsterdam reopens with the premiere of the Hercules film. We love that. We love Hercules. And a limited engagement of a concert version of King David before finally bringing in the Lion King to the stage. Oh, my God. So I've been in this and I didn't even realize I've been in this theater. I guess. If you've seen the Lion King. I have. When did you wow. see it? I was a child. I was a wee babe in the woods. I was like seven years old. And this strange woman kept talking to me, the woman next to me during it. And I was like, bitch, I'm like trying to watch okay so anyway but there's lions on the stage i'm busy people are frolicking there's music i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy right now so that's all so the lion king opened in previews on october 15th 1997 and officially on november 13th 97 i didn't know this the lion king is currently the highest grossing broadway show of all time grossing over whoa 1. it like beat 5- out cats and shit yeah, grossing over $1.5 billion, and it's currently oh, the longest-running Broadway show in history after Phantom of the Opera and the 96 revival of Chicago. Wow. That's you fucking know, though, crazy. That is. I have to be honest, though. I, like, didn't like it that much. I remember the being Lion like King? this. Yeah, this wasn't as cool as I'd hoped. I, I've never seen it on Broadway. I have seen I mean, Phantom I was... of the Opera on Broadway, and that was crazy. <laughs> To be fair, like, I was seven, so, like, I probably didn't appreciate it the way I should have. Maybe. Because, like, I went to see a few years back, I went to see Aladdin on Broadway. I took my parents and Corey, Mm -hmm. and it was 
fucking spectacular. So, like, I feel like yeah. maybe I'd, you know. I mean, I'm wondering if, like, a seven-year-old is watching this and is, like, I, the movie was more interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I remember being a little, like, spooked because, like, people, like, the, the costuming for it, I mean, it's very cool, but, like, it's it's very, very different. And I think mm-hmm. I just, I think I was, like, a little weirded out. That's probable. I mean, you were a kid. <laughs> I, I, I expect more from myself. So, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so, in 2006, The Lion King moves from the new Amsterdam Theater to the Minskoff Theater to allow Mary Poppins to take the stage. Ooh. But Aladdin is currently playing there since March 20th, 2014. So you might have been there twice. My ass has gone there twice. I remember when I went to see Aladdin, I was like, wow, this place is so cool. And I think I leaned over to my parents and I think I said to them, I was like, do you think this shit's haunted? Here we go, bitch. <laughs> what a segue. Me- meanwhile, my dumbass. Okay, good. So there's a ghost there named Olive Thomas. Olive? That's so cute. Mm-hmm. She, so here's a little bit of history on our girl, Olive. She went to New York at the age of 19. She was separated from her first husband at the time, who she married at 15. Oh, oh boy. Oh, Olive. Okay. Oh, Olive. So when she's 20, she entered and won the most beautiful girl in New York City contest, which establishes her as a popular artist model. And that helps her win a chorus girl role with the Zigfield Follies. So here we go. Oh, we're coming full circle here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we are. Oh, great. As if this is some fucking prize to be a pirate of this shit, but okay. I know. But right. I guess in... This I is, mean, I guess, like, yeah. This is 1915. Like, this is her only semblance of independence. Like, she's... Precise. You know? Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. <clears throat> so on June 21st, 1915, she makes her debut in the Famous Follies. She becomes super popular, and she's put in the Get Midnight it. Frolics. Oh, oh, the racier version. That's right. And then here's some more racy shit. She was the first oh. Vargas girl, which is being painted from nude from the waist up, holding a rose. Oh, style points. Style points. <laughs> Big olive energy. We love it. So in 1926, she goes out to Hollywood. She signs a movie contract, and she marries... Jack Pickford, who was the younger brother of Mary Pickford, who was one of the biggest female stars in movies at that time. Oh, cool. Her first three movies are super successful, all released in 1919. And she was in The Flapper, where she was the first actress to ever play such a character. And the screenwriter is considered the one who coined the term. Huh. Isn't that wild? Olive had a colorful life. She really did. Okay, but there are tons of rumors surrounding her death, so here we go. Oh, okay, here we come. The most common rumor is that she committed suicide after finding out that she had gotten syphilis from her husband, which he eventually died from. Ooh. That's the most common rumor. The other one is that he murdered her. Oh, oh, okay. Well, the syphilis may have made him do that. Mm -hmm. That'll that'll mess with you. Oh, my God. Yeah. It sounds so scary. So, okay, so here's the real story. On September 5th, 1920, she and her husband go to Paris for a second honeymoon because their marriage is a mess. Oh, okay. He was apparently awakened by her screaming and saw that by her side was a bottle of mercury bichloride liquid solution, which was used to treat topical sores caused by syphilis, but when ingested, was poisonous. Correct. Yikes. He tried to get her to vomit, 
A physician arrives, pumps her stomach three times, but she dies five oh days God. later. Uh, After an investigation Jesus. and an autopsy, it's deemed that her death is accidental. And people believe that she was confused by the blue bottle, which was labeled in French, and she thought it was booze. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, all right. So here come the sightings at the New Amsterdam Theater. Oh, yes, theater. yes. I, you know what? I'm a little pissed at the moment okay. because I've been here twice and I haven't seen her. Well, so hang on. I'll Because okay. she's all got right. some rules, I think. Oh, okay. So she's been seen by several stagehands wearing a Follies costume, and she's always carrying a blue bottle. Uh, Oh, I wouldn't have brought that with me to the Mm -hmm. afterlife, but okay. Your choice. Well, maybe she had a flair for the dramatic, so. I mean, I would imagine so. Right. She's seen both in the theater and on the roof, where the roof garden had been, because she performed there. Okay. That's right. The Midnight Frolics. I almost called them the Midnight Frantics. So. Oh, God. What a different show. <laughs> okay. Totally I'm going to. That's new merch. The Midnight Frantics. The Midnight Frantics. That's absolutely the only production I would be involved in. <laughs> Me too. Also, <laughs> The Midnight Frantics is a great is a great autobiography title for me because I have trouble sleeping. <laughs> Big time. It's also like a good band name. Wow. Oh, I'm Great I'm, band name. I'm amazing at this. Well, okay. you're, you're crushing it. Okay. So after Disney purchased the building, there was a report of a night security guard who saw a woman on the stage in like a green dress and she's holding a blue bottle. He's like, hey, get get the fuck out of here. Like, you're get, not supposed get to off be the here. fucking stage. And she yeah. walks out onto 41st Street. Uh, oh, so the guard is so freaked out that he calls the Disney theatrical VP at 2.30 in the morning in complete hysterics. <laughs> okay. Balls to do that, first of all. You had to have been absolutely losing your mind to call the VP at 2.30 at in the morning. At 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> like, you know you're at a tipping point. She, yeah. That woman must have gotten that phone call and been like, hello? <laughs> Who the who the fuck is this? Like you must, I would have immediately been like, send a doctor, like turn all the lights on. This guy's not doing okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's been seen talking to men or just like casually walking around the theater. And we we wow. talked about this, I think, in our bonus episode. It's that's interesting because that to me means she doesn't look like a like she's not like see through. Like she looks like a person just wandering around. That's interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. But apparently when a new show is put in or when the theater is very busy, her activity is lessened. She doesn't show up. Oh, as much. okay. Well, I this g- shit was packed. So yeah, yeah. I, she probably just likes to see the, the theater busy. And wow, that well, is the story of the new Amsterdam theater and our girl, Olive Thomas. Well, goes. next time I check out a show at new Amsterdam, I'm just going to hang around for several hours after the fact and see if she shows up. Yeah, because apparently people... Maybe dressed as a man, because apparently she shows more for dudes, so I, I we need to make this happen. Yeah, apparently she has been known to walk up and talk to men. And what's interesting is that I think most of the men, most of the people that have seen her are men. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just stick Corey in there for a while and be like, let me know what you see, dude. Just shut I'll the just door. Be... Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> let us know what Olive says. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. I lo- You know, it's interesting. She dies in Paris, but then chooses to spend her, you know, it, say she is a ghost, chooses mm-hmm. to spend her, like, afterlife hanging at the New Amsterdam. But again, 
you know, maybe that's where, like, some of her greatest memories are. Right. Like, maybe she... I mean, she was, like, at the top of her game, you know? Like, she really got her start going. Yeah, and it sounds like, to me, she she had a great run. So I feel like... Hell yeah. She sounds like she enjoyed it. Wow. So what do you... Do you think he killed her, or do you think it was a suicide, or do you think it was an accident? I think it was an accident. Hmm. I, I don't think it was a suicide, because she... Her first three pictures that she's ever in are super popular. She is the flapper TM. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is a suicide. The only thing I can think of is like, I don't know if she had any like mental health issues. That's the only or, or like if it sounds like her marriage was a shit show. Mm. I don't like, you know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it got to her. Maybe, but she left the first guy at 19, you know, like, yeah. So you can do not leave this dude. Unless there was some sort of like, financial or like blackmail issues or you know what have you but like i gotta say you know and this is not to like glamorize anything or anything like that but like if i were to choose like to make that choice to go i would not choose that way of doing it that sounds horrendous this mercury shit i mean that sounds awful it that's why to me it sounds like an accident yeah it could have been i mean like yeah like picture this like maybe they've been partying right and then she like wakes up in the middle of night and she's like hey how about a like i don't know second nightcap and then like it's yeah, you know like maybe she's like oh i'm just gonna drink a little bit to get me back to sleep and he's got it there for his sores she doesn't know yeah and it's in french yeah right which you no know, not trey bon so <laughs> no no the opposite of trey ball so yeah <laughs> but yeah so wow. if anybody goes to see aladdin when we're allowed to go see shows again i don't know if that's i think it's soon yeah, not look quite for, yet, I don't think. Look for our girl, look Olive. For, I wonder if she's been just in the theater, because I'm sure it's been empty. Dude, maybe she's just having a hell of a time. But I got to be honest, like, I think I need to look up pictures of her if, before I go again, so I'm, like, on the lookout, you know? I got to tell you, there's because been several occasions. she's just casually wandering around. In her folly shit. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, And, like, you know, so I got I to, gotta like, I, I need to know. But I have to say, I've been in, like, supposedly haunted locations multiple times without being aware that they're fucking haunted. And my ass probably missed out on shit. Like, for example, Corey and I went to Charleston a few years back. We loved Mm. it. It was great. And we went to this restaurant, and it was delicious, and it was great. And I went to the bathroom during it. Apparently, that fucking bathroom is haunted as all hell. And my ass just goes in there and takes a whiz and, like, nothing. I mean, Jesus. I love that And then we take... Later that night, we take a ghost tour, and we pass the restaurant, we're like, oh, we ate here tonight. It was so good. And then the ghost tour lady was like, oh, well, did you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? I missed all this shit. I was in there alone, and nobody nobody haunted me. <laughs> I also love the fact that you were like, oh, I think, oh, I saw Aladdin, too. You were like, oh, I think I've been there. Oh, I've seen Aladdin. I'm like, you've been in this theater twice. <laughs> I'm so, I'm pissed right now, okay? No, I'm just going to leave it at that. Look up pictures of her. Maybe she was just wandering around talking to people. Who knows? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I was too busy, like, busy being, like, annoyed by the fact that there were so many people there. I was like, this is too fucking crowded right Yeah, now. that's, that's <laughs> a mood. I, I, think yeah. when, I can't remember the last Broadway show I saw, but I remember being there and being like, there's a lot of fucking people in here. And now, like, looking back after COVID, like, I mean, COVID's still going on, but, like, after everything over the last year, like, looking back, I'm like, how are we not all dead? Out, like, all the time, how are we not dead? Dude, I, you know... I, I remember in the middle of COVID watching a movie and they packed people like it was like the wide shot of a club, which is like Dude. very normal or it yes. was. And looking at it, I was like, this is giving me anxiety. I mean, I don't like being in big crowds anyway, but yeah, now post, I mean, 
with COVID, this year of COVID and quarantine, obviously it's still going on, but it just yeah. feels like you're like, oh my God. I know. Like I look at it now and I'm like, you're all going to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, I can't. Anyway. So long story short, apparently I need to be way more aware of my fucking surroundings because yeah, I'm just yeah. hanging out at haunted places all the time and I don't know this. So Either that or whatever. you're a natural magnet for haunted places. That, but not a magnet for ghosts because except for the one I discussed on our bonus episode. <gasps> Oh so, my god, go be a patron you, because that's a story if, I've never heard before and it's fucking wild. If you want to hear about that shit, you know, pay a dollar a month. It's that's 12 it. bucks a year. That's it, kids. So anyway, we go we discuss wild shit. Yeah, long story short, a lookout for tipping boats. Also everybody build boats that don't want to tip. Right. And if you go check out Broadway, keep an eye out for our girl Olive. And of course, until next time, stay strange. <laughs>